Hey, listener, Zach Harper here. Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. Also, fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Here's how it works. The Pick'em Game. Pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. How big, you ask? I'm so glad you asked that question, listener. You can win up to 100 times your money in a single night. Pick between two and five players. Build a pick'em entry. You can also do rivals picks. You can put like Tyrese Halliburton and Jalen Brunson against each other. And whoever has more points, more assists, more rebounds, whatever you want to do, that is your rivals pick. I would maybe go with Jalen Brunson in these playoffs. By the way, in the regular season, Jalen Brunson, scoring tear, going higher on his point totals all the time. Joel Embiid, whenever he did actually play, higher on his scoring totals all the time. Victor Wembanyama for the next 15, 20 years, here's a pro tip for you. Take higher on the blocks. That's right. So you're probably wondering, how do you sign up? Oh my God, listener, you are full of good questions today. Sign up with the promo code DING, that's D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick First time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. $250, man, that's a lot. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with our code DING, D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick and first time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. Must be 18 or older, 21 or older in Massachusetts, Arizona, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Arizona, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. That's 1-800-639-8783. Or text next step. To 53342. New York, call the 24 7 Hope Line at 1 877 8 Hope and Y or text Hope and Y for 67369. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to another episode of Crypto Bros. I'm your host, Jason Madison, joined always by my co-hosts, Mike Risset, Chris Epps. We're missing one of our co-hosts, Mike McGoy, today, but we're joined by a special guest, very close friend, and definitely one of the OG Crypto Bros, Jamal Boykin. What up, y'all? What up, what up, man? Thanks for having me, man. It's good to be back connected with the bros. For sure. Yes, sir. <laughs> 
Yeah, man. Um, you know, we usually just talk about, you know, what's going on in the crypto world. Um, we've been heavy on NFTs a lot lately, but uh, we wanted to kind of venture away from that conversation, you know, initially uh, today. And, um, you know, I just let's tap in with you, Ma. What's been going on with your uh, crypto, you know, world? You know what skills, man? Like, so coming into this in like 2017, um, I had this real passion and desire to get this to the, to our culture. You know what I'm saying? But I look at things today, you know, uh, with Staples Center being called Crypto.com Arena. Um, out on the Breakfast Club today, I saw 19 Keys and uh, some other people talking about crypto. The mass adoption is here. So in some ways, it's killed, not, I don't want to say killed my passion to, uh, you know, express how I feel about crypto and the whole nine, but it's just, it's not the same. You know what I mean? So it, right. it's, I'm looking for a different direction in how I want to proceed with my crypto journey publicly. Right. Privately, I'm investing. Privately, I'm doing this and doing that. Um, and you know, you know, for the record, Jason and, and, and Chris and I, we we've made some plays and some super dope plays. But from the from the my public um, viewing of who I am in, in the crypto space, it, I, I'm kind of in a gray area because there are so many crypto influencers and so many people doing it, and the word's out now. So right. it's now I'm like, what, what is my, what's going to be my contribution uh, to the crypto space now is what I'm thinking. Right. Yeah. I, I feel that. I feel like, you know, on that note, you know, crypt, uh, Chris has been in the space, you know, just as long, if not longer. And, you know, he just launched a project, an NFT project, Droid Heads today. And, you know, I think, for people like us who've been in the space and have experience and knowledge and understanding and obviously a network that we have to start contributing to the space in whatever way, you know, whether that's starting a fund or starting our own projects um, or, you know, continuing to educate people, maybe educating kids. Um, I think that's know. one of my biggest ones. Also. Yeah. Getting into our people and the young people and they kind of are already you know, aware and acclimated to what the medium is uh, in the space. Yeah. Um, I do agree with Jamal, and we've all talked about this also about like how we kind of lessened our our soapbox, our soapboxing of crypto, just because yeah, there's a lot of things that feel kind of weird, Jamal, like you were saying, like uh, you know the this the sovereignty or the the benefits to human the human race and economically. Uh, messed up places in the world like kind of feels hard to do that when we know that we need a bunch of money and mass adoption means governments and banks getting into it uh but then again like you don't want to just cut off people from the from the uh possibility of this you know generational wealth or building something that's you know better for for yourself or even earning money off of something and you being able to do what you want it's it's hard to like yeah to try to keep the church and state separated with this now. And I do feel that same way. Like, I don't like talking about it as much, but I do feel good about talking about my own shit or my friend's stuff, like, you know, Metaversity or, or uh, uh, Droid Heads or uh, Alphabet, uh, Alphabet Beast, Alpha Beast. 
Wow. Like stuff like that, or just Ethereum and Bitcoin. Like I, I, there's things that I feel good still talking about, and I will talk about with everyone. But I'm not gonna tell them what I'm doing every day because I'm selling all that shit. And that's the, that's the other thing too. It's, it's become interesting. I mean, and to you know, I think even what Jamal's talking about is, you know, even becoming a target. You know, uh, yeah, and, yeah, and kind of like just being too public with you know, what you're doing personally and your portfolio and all of that too. Um, so yeah. you know, I think, you know, you know, what Jamal was saying, it's like, I think that gray area that he's in, I think a lot of us are in is, you know, is to be, you know, taken not with a grain of salt and, you know, to be fleshed out in, uh, I mean, our position personally and internally is, is it is what it is. It, it's growing exponentially. But um, I don't know, man. I talk about this all the time. It's like, I, maybe I've watched too many South Central movies, but I, sometimes I just think, like, I don't want people knowing that I have nice things or, or the amount of money that I have or, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm scrolling right now through an article that I just sent yesterday or two days ago about a kid who got robbed. Or a guy who got robbed for, because he was, you know, known to have a lot of crypto, and it was like for millions, and they got his wallets and like physical items too. So was, now, the, the the other issue is like one thing that I noticed whenever I make like a crypto post and I put like an <laughs> Ethereum or Bitcoin hashtag, all oh, of yeah. a sudden somebody's creating a fake profile that's mine about me. You know oh, what I'm my, saying? Yeah. And they're, yeah. they're 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 coming at like Jason hit me one day like, "Yo, Ma, man, is this you? You know, yeah. asking about." Um, I could make this trade for you and blah blah blah. You know, so <laughs> yeah, that was I crazy. can't even put hashtags on the post anymore because I've had this happen three times now. You know, yeah. and they're they're messaging people that I really care about, and they think it's actually me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So uh, it's a lot. It's so many scams going on, and yeah. it's sad. You put out a post, and you're gonna have like 13, 15 post saying, hey, go to my FTX trading site because this was so great. And there are people actually being scammed by it, you know? Yeah, yeah. no, I mean, that's one of the biggest parts of crypto right now. And uh, one of the well, craziest things is, or I won't say biggest, but yeah. at least from a social media standpoint, um, mm -hmm. when you post things on crypto, uh, that is like something that happens almost every time, right? If you hashtag something um, that's crypto related, uh, the Jamal... Um, fake profile thing was i mean it was disturbing you know to say the least to see that they were using pictures of his mom who's passed his kids man all of these different things like there's no honor amongst thieves when it comes to this you know crypto uh fishing and scamming i mean i've gotten fake emails i've gotten dms and discords my mom's you know? getting hit up now yeah. Yeah. yeah like they're hitting up my mom yeah i so remember like two or three years ago i was getting hit up like random Coinbase, oh, your Coinbase account's being attacked or being uh, compromised and I, or like you're signing in right now. And I know I didn't press any button. I yeah. know I could tell by the links and the, the title and stuff, you know, it's very common. It's very sad. It makes us look bad. And that's part of the thing too. It's like, yeah, that's why you kind of get quiet. Yeah. And that's the other thing, right? Is that there's so much activity that makes our community look bad. There's people, you know, um, who are doing, you know, janky things with uh, trades or uh, 
you know, how many friends have we accounts have we seen hacked where they post a story on Instagram and they say you could turn 510,000, you know, in, mm-hmm. in a day or something like that. Right. And it's all of these um, these bots and these scams that are, you know, running rampant on the, in the social sphere. And it makes us want to not get outside and front run like we did, you know, two years ago. Um, and, 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 you know, get the word out to people. And like Jamal said, the word's already out. So it was funner than Jay, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I felt like it was fun at that time when people were looking at you low key crazy. Now, you know, it's, it's popular. It's fun. Yeah. 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 So it's so big. It's so present, you know, after, um, the crypto.com arena and, you know, Snoop Dogg endorsing it and all these people, you know all the uh, pro athletes yeah all these athletes changing their pfps you know it's it's ever present now um the i haven't seen the phrase it's still early tweeted in a long time because <laughs> <laughs> you know? it's not anymore and and that i guess brings me to my first point or um topic that i wanted to talk about is uh you know the big news this week was joe biden and mm-hmm. the executive order that he signed in regards to crypto we got a nice market pump off of it for a day um, when the uh, there was a leak about the details um, from Janet Yellen that, that came out two days before he signed it. Um, and speaking of details, there there wasn't many. You know, he signed an executive order uh, basically saying that the U.S. is going to try to, you know, get in front of all crypto activity. And I'm sure they're aware of China's, you know, uh, CBDCs and, you know, the possibility of, you know, them being left behind or us being left behind financially um, by not incorporating crypto into our, um, you know, just overall policy, financial policy as a country. It's, you know, they have to bend to the, to the sword, they have to kneel to the sword right now, dude. I yeah. think Yellen Yellen is the only one who's going to keep fighting it, and she's fighting it off of the same. It's all the scam stuff our parents send us. You know the, that kind of that's her base mm-hmm. of her argument. I don't. It, this is part of what Jamal's talking about too. It's uh, it's what we need for mass adoption, but feels weird. I don't like it all, all the way. Definitely feels like we're selling out. You know. Or some, you know, it feels like, yeah, it feels like a sellout for sure. But we need regulation. They're definitely going to mess with stable coins. I want to see what happens with that, which will mess with some Ethereum protocols and stuff like that. But I also think it's going to really help Ethereum and Bitcoin with the mining initiatives they have going on. With all of the ETF stuff that's going to be able to be proposed now, it's overall bullish. It's just like the same thing with legalizing weed. Like, in the end, we don't like it because our friends and family won't benefit as much uh, maybe in profit wise, but then we also can move around and do more, you know, it's like gentrifying your neighborhood. It's like, it feels like the same thing. It's weird, but you know what, as long as they don't say they turn it off, I'm, I'm here for it, bro. Cause. Yeah. I mean, that was kind of the the general sentiment, right? Is that Mm -hmm. we can't turn it off. We're not turning it off. We want to get down with the get down, you know, and they're basically going to try to implement some kind of, uh, I don't say task force, but, you know, uh, a regulatory body 
that's going to um, try to govern uh, crypto and create, you know, uh, infrastructure around it and yeah. one that's not going to shut it down. Yeah. Um, Which we need. I yeah. think that's like, like, that's the thing. Like everyone gets worried about it. And I'm personally, I'm like, that. that's the only way we're going to keep going. And that's yep. what has to happen. We had yeah. to play their games of scams and Ponzi's and money. Like we based blockchain and blockchain is profitable only because the only way to use it or get people to use stuff is because money and incentive of money. So we made coins. But with, if there was no incentive of money, the systems would just be running because we all agreed to be truth, you know, trust, trustless. I don't know. I, I, it, I, I like it. I'm here for it. I find it yeah. interesting how politics and crypto really collide every single time. Because if you look at every single bull market, no, the last couple bull markets were connected to the elections. Mm -hmm. mm, you know, yeah. 2016, 2017, mm -hmm. 2019, 2020. Yeah. So basically, I feel like we have this year, next year, and it's going to be another bull run, if not before. But yeah. that's how, that's just been that's been the trend mm. for the, the last couple bull runs. You know, what do you guys think about that? I do yeah. think we're coupling. Yeah, we're like couple. Like we're becoming the standard. Like everyone's like, oh, we're going to decouple from the main from the legacy markets and gold and uh, whatever you know, corn stocks and shit. But in the end, for us to go up nonstop like stocks, it's going to be the same thing. And for them to inflate like everything with inflation is going to keep happening. It's going to keep going up slowly and it's going to be exactly how the normal market moves in a hundred years, I'm guessing. And hopefully for our pockets, it's, you know, mass adoption is, you know, it's, I don't think people realize what that is. It's we sell out. <laughs> right. Right. We're selling out. I mean, in order to get more money uh, to make the market more liquid, right. Because I, the one of the big issues that people are talking about is the illiquidity mm -hmm. of the market right now. Um, yeah. In order to get more liquidity, you need more users. And, you know, the government can provide that better than anybody else. But that also contradicts what the market is all about or this market in particular. So it's going to be interesting to see this kind of back and forth um between people being excited about government's response and their influence on the market and their desire to want to be completely separated from the government you know um because right now i think we're at a sweet spot or we have been for a couple of years where we're playing it you know like this nice little dance where they get they say a couple of things but they don't really do anything and then we go back to you know wild wild west and mm -hmm. it's like eventually they're going to want to actually infringe on the market or do something that actually affects the uh, freedom of the market. And that is going to be an interesting, you know, inflection point. And I, I think Jamal made a great point. It, the bull runs have been very closely tied to the elections. And so I guess the next question is whoever the next president is going to be is probably going to dictate you know, what happens in America in terms of crypto based on how they feel about it. So, you know, we'll see. I, I, I almost feel like they're raising money for their elections through crypto. You know what I'm saying? Uh -huh. And raising money through their initiatives through crypto. So, like, no matter who the president is, it's going to be a bull run right. at mm -hmm. the next election. You know what I'm saying? Because well, I mean, it was with Trump, it was with Biden, and they're opposites. 
Right. And you know about the new stadium in Miami. That's the that's Biden's boy, FTX Stadium. Right. And FTX Stadium is Biden's biggest uh Sam Bankman Freed, SBF, who made FTX and Solana or helped make Solana. He's the top contributor of Biden's campaign of you know, was it what was that year? 2020? Holy shit. And uh <laughs> and I'm guessing he'll do it for the next one and the next one and the next one. And he probably ain't going to pick a side. He's probably going to be, you know, on the winning side, no matter what. And I. Yeah. I mean, that's what happens with billionaires. They just pick the, they pick the winning side. Yeah. Yeah. He's a good gambler. That's how he started too. I think. Really? That's how they all start, bro. Yeah. I listen to this podcast. <laughs> he's the weirdest. Like I know I'm a nerd. This fool is, this is the epitome of nerd. He started off of like, yeah, gam- like, like you his family was rich already, and he was just gambling, doing online poker, just like every other developer wow. slash trader. That's crazy. They all do that shit, dude. That's it's, crazy. So I'm not alone. Stop smiling. Stop it, bro. <laughs> Yo, relax. <laughs> I'm not alone. Jason got super happy real quick. <laughs> He's on the right path. There's a pot of gold at the end of this yeah. rainbow. Yeah, oh, just keep going. Keep, yeah, keep God. betting. I need a I need a little hopium, Chris. Don't <laughs> <laughs> big facts. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, what's funny about that is that I uh you know my other podcast on the bomb network, shout out to the bomb network, it's called Showtime uh, that we're doing about the uh show the winning time. And the first episode, I don't know if you guys watched it, but uh, you know, they're talking oh, I missed about that. oh, come on. A man Jamal with the Laker ring, <laughs> the, the twenty twenty Laker oh, ring. This ain't, this ain't no. Uh, this is just an audio podcast. But yeah, yeah I'm I wish. I'm, I'm, for, I can't wait for all y'all listening. He just flexed his twenty twenty Lakers championship ring. Jamal was one of the coaches for the Lakers when they won the title a couple of years ago. That but, part, Bob. But <laughs> Jerry, Doctor Jerry Buss was a notorious gambler, and I didn't know that he was a poker player. Um, mm. and he was known for, uh, playing, you know, in high stakes poker games, he played in the world series of poker multiple times. Um, you know, because the Lakers is like, is known as a quote unquote family business, but you know, he, he's kind of, he's a self-made billionaire. Uh, but part of that self-made aspect is he was a gambler. <laughs> and so it's interesting the amount of, um, gambling that these guys do a lot of these billionaires, uh, even on the way up, you know, because a lot of it you think, oh, okay, maybe they're super, you know, fiscally square, and you know, but no, nah, they they take risks. Uh, so you get fiscally squared, it seems <laughs> right from what I've seen, bro. It's every every single person that's made a lot of money in crypto on a podcast. I hear their interview, they all start from digital poker, it's or they all play digital poker. Yeah. I was playing digital poker in college. I was playing really? digital poker at my parents. Yeah, it's a lot of it's a lot of digital poker players. That's funny because that's I mean, actually the game on the, on, on the gambling with the crypto, weren't you? Yeah, I was, but it's funny because poker is that's actually how I got back in. Yeah, <laughs> poker was, yeah. poker was the game that I gave up that I probably should have stuck to because I was a lot. Poker is a game you can control the the. Yeah. how much you win and how much you lose and like sports betting which is what i you know take part a lot in now you know somebody else determines the outcome of you know whether you win or lose um but i was Draft actually really Kings. good Shout at draft kings yeah uh, i was actually really good at poker when i was younger and i just stopped playing i think i lost you know what it was i went to vegas one time it was the only time i've ever played poker in vegas and i lost 
I think it was the, I think it was like $800 and maybe less than 10 minutes. Oh, and yeah. I was like, <laughs> and I quit, I literally quit. I haven't played poker since then. Like that was, that was enough to, to just make me give up cold Turkey. Um, and it's funny cause I've lost way more than that playing sport, uh, sports gambling, but, and one obviously, but, um, yeah, uh, I, I don't know. Poker is an interesting psychological game for billionaires to play because um, not only are you in control of your own stack, but you know, you're betting against the psychology of somebody else, which is what a lot of people do when they make, you know, real estate deals, which is, you know, also Jerry, Jerry West was in the real estate. Jerry you know, Buss. Jerry Buss, Jerry Buss, sorry. Um, also in if the, you're trading shit coins. <laughs> yeah, right. exactly. You gotta, you gotta you're trading against the, the psychology of the market, right? Yep, more NFTs. Yeah, you gotta be like, okay, well, I see this volume pump right here, but this is probably the exit pump because it's a fake, it's a bluff. And I'm gonna call that bluff and sell it. Shit like that. Bing bong. Bing bong, motherfucker. Yeah. Or I hope so. Hopefully you got it. Man. The market is looking uh it's looking like a nice little accumulation time. I was looking at some token prices. Exactly. This is the uh, accumulation year, I feel. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. That's what I'm saying. I think we got the slow upwards. It's going to look bad slash boring to people on the outside or just getting their toes in. But uh, I think we're going to just keep it slowly going up. Like boring just, is good. Yeah, it is good. It's, it sucks, but it's good. Just like my project right now. It's, it's not as hyped up. And it's not, we didn't sell right away, but usually when you sell it right away, you go up, you go down just as fast, if not faster. Let me ask you this, Chris, like what is your involvement on like discords and pushing it through the underground of crypto? Uh, I'm just now getting acclimated to that. I'm in, you know, 200 discords, dude. I am. You said 200? My, I just filled up. Yeah. I have the nitro account. I have, I can, yeah. Damn. I and I just filled that up yesterday or two days ago. I had to delete some uh i'm in so many and read so much of them but i never really was in the communities as much until making this project uh most of the stuff i'll talk in a lot or my private groups which is like a group of a few of us or a project or two that i'm really like, interested in and i see people that i know off of twitter in um but as of like this last week i've gained a huge appreciation for social media and marketing and how important discord is to nfts and crypto it's it's a lot of freaking work. My fr uh, friend of ours, Vince, you know Vince. He's a uh, like the community manager for Droid Heads, and it, it's it's a literally it's like taking care of a baby. It feels like except the baby is no, it's like five babies. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say it's not it's one. Like, well, this is a lot more. Actually, having a kid, a baby, is probably easier than taking care of a community Discord on your own. Yeah, and it's like I'm guessing. Like, I don't know. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, As somebody without know. children. Yeah, but I feel like the discord community just has an insatiable appetite. Like they all, they're always looking for the creators, the main people to be in the discord talking, mm -hmm. giving them some kind of, you know, alpha or telling them what the next play is with the, you know, the project. And they're, I mean, everybody just wants their bags pumped. Yep. <laughs> you know, they, they don't really care about the actual whatever, as long as it's some news that will make the price of whatever your token or your NFT go up. I think that kind of reminds me of like the conversation we were having last week about like, you know, discords and 
the toxic po- positivity. And it's all just rooted around people wanting their bags pumped. I think, I, I don't know. Maybe you guys can dispel it's half and that. Half. Yeah. I think it's half and half. You know, it's a, it's a good amount of both. You can, you can lie yourself into believing into something as we all know. Uh, but also bro, like it's sometimes the project is fun and it's cool and you want to be a part of it. And the meme is funny and it lasts for a week and it dies. And sometimes you are just there because you know it's going to pump. And there's many, most of those discords I've been in and haven't talked to, it's because I sold the coin or not in it, but I still believe in the project. It's hard to uh, kind of, it's like, you know, it's, it's hard to, it's a gray area for sure. Because right now I'm realizing how much I fucking need that shit, bro. I need all, I need all the toxic positivity right now. <laughs> I need all of the shilling, all of the funny little annoying memes. But that's not what we want. And that's not what most projects I think that I and Mike uh, and most of us, I think, are into or seen are really about. Because, yeah, numbers are always good, but I'd rather have it last long than just go up right away. Right. And that's what a lot of that stuff is about. All that hype is about going up, stuff going up, not about what's happening in the next year. Like the next year isn't quick enough for people to make profits in crypto. Next week, sometimes. Yeah, I, I need some in the next eight hours. Yeah. I feel like. Right. We have all type of different communities, right? Tell me, tell me something about your uh, community, Chris. Ours right now is small. We just now, dude. We just got a bunch of people on our Discord last night because we didn't really have a marketing plan, or um, yeah, we didn't have a marketing plan. First, we wanted to get our art down and make sure we work when we come out, like. Personally, I've seen too many launches, uh, you know, flop because the mint had an issue or whatever. So we stuck to getting our friends and family in the in the Discord. Right now, there's like thirty people. How many people are online in the Discord? It's like thirty people online. Uh, oh no, yeah, thirty people online, like three hundred offline, whatever. We don't have much, um, but our community is yeah super tight right now. In the in the next month or so, we expect it to grow tenfold as we like reveal what's going on. We have four other collections coming. Uh, we have a bunch of like media and partnerships with AR VR companies and uh, some endorsements coming in soon. But we wanted to make sure we're out first and working first, uh, and not giving people uh, hope of joy and getting a whitelist and selling early. Blah blah blah. We want people to discover our project. And so slowly we're going to get these, you know, these people to stumble across their story. And I think that's the best way to do it. Start with the people you know, keep it close. Uh, and then grow out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, scale out. You ever have that moment where you're like, damn, I'm hungry, but I don't want to go out to eat. It is way too expensive. And I don't know what to make because I'm not really in the cooking. Guess what? real easy it's real simple i got a solution for you hello fresh they deliver they deliver pre-portioned ingredients to your door including farm fresh produce that arrives within a week so you get convenience without skimping on quality you skip the trip to the grocery store save you the wait in the long lines and ensuring you don't waste money on excess food also 72 percent cheaper than a restaurant meal of the same quality let me say that again 72% cheaper than a restaurant meal of the same quality and you can save on average over $65 per month 
when you order HelloFresh instead of grocery shopping. It's money back in your pocket. All right? So, to review, A, great food, B, less expensive, C, less expensive than even if you went grocery shopping yourself. HelloFresh cuts back on time spent in the kitchen with meals ready in around 30 minutes or less. 30 minutes or less. I'm talking about right now, I'm recording this at noon. By 12.30, lunch is served and it's fire. Come on now. You know I did it. I'm not just, I'm, I don't do this thing where I read the ad like, oh, what do you want me to talk about? Uh, I'll, I'll say whatever. I got to live it. I got to experience it. And I did. I had the beef tenderloin and cheese fondue. Fire. Fire. I've got leftovers in the fridge right now that I'm about to destroy. That's right. Those 30 minutes that I was going to take to make a meal, I lied. Not making a meal right now. Eat my leftovers. But guess what? Tonight, dinner, we back at it. So make sure you're doing your due diligence. Make sure you're getting your HelloFresh living right. Save you time. Save you money. Make sure everybody going crazy in the house. Go to HelloFresh.com slash BOMB16 and use code BOM16 for up to 16 free meals and 3 free gifts. That's right. It's HelloFresh.com slash BOM16. Use code BOM16 for up to 16 free meals and 3 free gifts. HelloFresh, it's America's number one meal kit. Hello, listener. Guess who's back? It's me, Anthony Mays, your favorite butcher-turned-podcast producer, and I'm here to talk to you about ButcherBox. ButcherBox is the most convenient way to get high-quality meat and seafood that you can trust delivered straight to your doorstep, free shipping, vacuum-sealed packaging. It's ready to go right then. It's ready to pop in the freezer. You get exclusive member deals and a variety of high-quality cuts at an amazing value. Going to the grocery store can be a huge pain. You're usually in a rush at an inconvenient time. You're waiting in line at the meat counter. You're taking a number. Maybe this place doesn't have a number. You're jostling with fellow customers. You're trying to get that ribeye that you want or that nice piece of salmon. Maybe the butcher that you're dealing with has a bad attitude or something. I don't know. That was never me. I promise. But maybe it happens. Butcher Box takes all of that out of the picture. You are always prepared with meat and seafood in the freezer, and you're not going to find quality for this price anywhere else other than ButcherBox. So sign up at butcherbox.com slash dings, D-I-N-G-S, and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com dings and use code dings, D-I-N-G-S, to choose your free for a year offer, plus get $20 off your first order. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
Uh, I feel like um, now is a good time for Jamal to kind of give us his backstory on how he got into crypto. Um, yeah. You you spoke a little bit about it on the recorded show that we did with Baron and Bobby and Chuck and Jesse and Nolan. Um, but yeah, I mean, just just give us your your crypto journey, Ma. Yeah, no doubt. So, like, my crypto journey really started actually in 2009. Um, I had an internship at Morgan Stanley when I was uh, at UC Berkeley. And they had, like, first of all, they made it sound like these, like, NDAs that we couldn't invest in what we were learning in at the time um, because we were getting, like, inside information working at this internship. But basically, there was, like, a top 10 things. It had, like, oil, gold, gas, and, like, the top 10 predictions that they had of, investments that would be great in the future. And Bitcoin was number 10. And I asked my boss at the internship at uh, Morgan Stanley, like, what do you feel? I can, I have a thousand dollars from working here. Like, what should I invest in? He told me that you should really look into Bitcoin. He made me read the white paper in 2009. So, but I didn't do it. And so much time passed and, and nothing really, it didn't come back up to me. I kept feeling like I was too late. And then in 2017, while I was living in Amsterdam, a friend of mine was talking about XRP. He was talking about Ripple. And the way that he talked about it, I was like, wow, I, I need to get back into this. And uh, I invested in Ripple at that time in 2017 while living in Holland. And then I got into a Facebook group uh, that was just bouncing ideas off about cryptocurrency. And there was this guy that was like, hey, buy this. It's going to go up 100%, right? And it would go up 100%, like three hours. Like in 2017... It was all about ICOs. Mm -hmm. So there are there are these ICOs you can get into. And on the first day, like you literally could double up, triple up, quadruple up, you know, so it was really exciting. And uh, me and this guy uh, formed a really good relationship. And we ended up starting a company uh, in Amsterdam called FollowCoin. He had a marketing company, but I felt like, hey, like, why don't you turn this marketing company to a crypto company? And that's how it uh, was the beginning of FollowCoin. And uh, my, my role in it was to come on and, you know, help raise funds for uh, the company. And one of the coolest things that happened was um, through a mutual, my sister's ex-boyfriend had a good relationship uh, with Nipsey Hussle. And he was helping me already raise money uh, for FollowCoin. Uh, and then he introduced FollowCoin to Nip. And, you know, I had a, my first conversation with Nip was about an hour. Jason's heard it. I sound crazy like a mug, like, going crazy talking about follow coin and, and, and crypto is the future or not, but Nip was so intelligent, man. And um, he asked me, you know, I'm, I'm explaining to him what crypto is and what the company is. And he's like, what do you need for me? And I'm like, it'd be extremely impactful. He came out here, flew, met with the team, blah, blah, blah. By the end of that conversation, um, you know, between Nip and Black Sam, they sent their plane ticket that they were flying out there in, in three days. So it just, it blew my mind, you know, and, uh, FollowCoin was really ahead of its time. We had an app in the app store. It was one of the top crypto apps. We had over 60,000 users on the app. And uh, what FollowCoin basically was, it bridged the gap between traders and novice. So we had a working app that allowed traders to basically post their stats and their trades. And, uh, you know, people who were new to crypto could follow them and could follow their trades and make money. And the long term of it was that uh, these these people were going to be able to um, allocate money to these traders and whatever trades they made, you made. Uh, since then, I've seen 
uh, other companies create it and do very well with it. Uh, I'm proud to say that we had that app back in the day and that, you know, uh, a part of Nip Nipsey Hussle's legacy is in crypto. You know, um, I was talking about a Breakfast Club interview I saw the day, but back in 2017, 2018, Nip was on Power 106, on the Breakfast Club, on, uh, he was in Forbes talking about crypto. And I'm happy to say that, you know, I played, you know, a little role in that, um, but Nip was just ahead of his time, super intelligent. And I think the cool thing about uh, this podcast and podcasts like it is when you could take something that people see as so complex and be able to break it down so everyone can understand it. You know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, from there, uh, once it passed, so and, and with the market crash and everything like that, I got out of it, got into coaching, um, you know, uh, ended up winning a championship with the Lakers. And then it was COVID. Um, and then I wanted to get back into crypto. And that's when uh, me and Jay Skills uh, linked back up. And to this day, you can still check out, you know, the e-course that we put out. Right. That's, that's basically the, uh, the, the six crypto commandments is something that uh, I showed Jay Skills an email, but it was uh, something that I developed uh, with Nip back in the day. So it's just like rules to the game in crypto. Um, and, uh, you know, we went literally through a Coinbase tutorial, A to Z. This is how you invest. This is how you get started. This is how you even put your name and your ID, all of that, you know. Um, but that was really my, my, my video. My yeah. true passion was always, I felt like, you know, um, financial literacy is key, right? But you have to be up with the times. And this crypto game is, I feel, financial freedom, especially for Black people. Uh, so educating people about crypto has always been a major, major passion of mine. And that's why I was just saying, like, seeing how massively adopted it is now, some of my fire has gone away because I don't feel like I need to anymore. I feel like it's out. And if you don't get it, like, right. you just, that, that you just shoot yourself in the foot. You feel That me? means the video that we made in some form or fashion had some sort of impact. It worked. <laughs> either, yeah. Man. It worked. Either, either it worked or predicted the future or both. Um, for those that don't know, I'm Jay Skills, by the way. Um, I know for the people that listen, I'm Jason Madison on the podcast, but it's AKA Jay Skills. Um, I was a producer and a rapper at one point in time. Still a oh, producer. Yeah. That album cover, that was good. I just, yeah, yeah, I've never yeah. seen that before. Yeah. So, um, yeah. No, I mean, what a what a great journey. Also, if you guys want to look up the video on YouTube, Nipsey Hustle invest in cryptocurrency. That's when Nip was there, basically meeting with Jamal's company, signing a deal, explaining his thoughts and views on crypto it's got over a million views on youtube so you guys should check that out for sure it's just amazing how impactful that video is i remember watching that shit back then like when i was working at sony i remember watching it afterwards like two years ago when corona started when i was microdosing and remembered i had bitcoin <laughs> and and started gambling with it i rewatched it then before i met jamal like the next year or the end of that year and then realizing like, oh, this is the guy who produced that, who made that video. He went to go meet him and, oh, you're muted. Mm. I'll uh, tell you something cool about that. Yeah. So check this out. Like Nipsey Hussle is my favorite rapper. Nipsey Hussle and Dom Kennedy. I'm living yeah. overseas. You know what I mean? I played in eight countries overseas. So listening to Nip and, and Dom is like feeling like home, right? So Nip says, hey, I'm coming out there in three days, right? And y'all know me. Like I'm a super hyped individual, right? <laughs> I couldn't sleep. Like leading up, 
leading up to me, leading up to that call with Nip, and the day before I talked to Nip, he had just announced that Victory Lap was done. So I'm feeling like everything I did in my life was leading up to this point, because I knew if we had Nip, we can get this to the masses, because everybody respected Nip, right? I had gone three days without sleeping, and I I had just become vegan at the time, so I really wasn't eating well either. Mm -hmm. I ended up passing out in the streets in the... uh, (laughs) Uh, by the offices in Amsterdam, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Uh, some people found me, they got me right. I know this sounds wild, but you know how like crypto was so crazy at that time. There right. were investments I were making that were just going astronomically crazy. So it was hard for me to sleep. And I just had a son, but the point is, so Nip is out there. And the reason I'm not in the video is because I went to my mother-in-law who was a psychologist. And I said, listen, I can't sleep. I need help. I got Nipsey Hussle coming through the town. I can't be out here, you know, out of my mind. I need help. And she took me to a psych ward, literally a psych ward, right? She takes me to this psych ward and I'm, and I walk in there and I'm like, I don't want to talk to anybody before y'all watch this video on cryptocurrency. Because (laughs) Bitcoin is the future. And if you're not invested in Bitcoin, you don't know what Bitcoin is. You can't understand me. I sound like a crazy person. And they literally had you committed. And that's the time Bitcoin like 2400, right? Yeah. I'm like, Bitcoin's going to $10,000. So if you invest right now, you're going to make three times on your money. You need to get in it. And, and they're just like, what's wrong with this dude? And the psychologist, she's not listening to me. I'm like, what type of psychologist are you? I'm like, you talk, 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 talk. You need to listen. Like, <laughs> I was going crazy, right? So then they take me to like this psych place and they literally tell, they had me locked up there for three weeks. My dad had to come and really? get me out. And they did no psychology. They just gave me drugs. And like, yeah. A lot of people don't know that, but like Nip came all the way to Amsterdam. And the whole time it's like, where's Jamal? Where's Jamal? Where's Jamal? Like, That's it crazy, was like, bro. it was insane to me. And it it, it really hurt my heart that like, yeah. you I didn't up get with that it. chance with him because yeah. he came out there because of our conversation, because of the fact that, you know, I, I, I'm i I'm Crenshaw too. You right. know what I'm saying? It was home team. Investors. He says it in the video. Yeah. Like, yo, it's home team. It makes sense to, for us coming together. You know what I'm saying? Like he knew, yeah. he already knew like, some of who I was. So to not have been there, ultimately, I just think it wasn't meant to be because, um, you know, the company wasn't as solid as I thought it was, you know, through the CEO and then, you know, with, with the market crashing and everything like that. But yeah, I'm happy though that Nip was able to put on the record his and show his intelligence, his wisdom um, and his genius and being able to understand cryptocurrency and break it down for everyone else to understand it. Yeah, no, that video was, that video is a staple and I get referenced it. People tell me about it all the time. I'm like, yeah, no, I've, yeah, I've seen the video. I know <laughs> a lot more about the video than I thought I did now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What an excellent backstory on, on that video because yeah. it's so powerful. Of course, the backstory has to have a lot of, depth and intrigue it's almost like a movie in a, of itself like them coming Man. out there from you know like how many times did nipsey hustle go to amsterdam you know like not a, like he traveled and nip is well traveled you know what i'm saying and him traveling out there to see somebody else from his neighborhood you know what i'm saying a halfway across the world and it's like then you had all of this going on because y'all were both so convicted by crypto you know like I'm getting chills just thinking about this. I'm sorry to cut you. I'm getting chills thinking about this because it would have been different too if I were there, right? Because Mm -hmm. there's a city in uh, in Holland called Arnhem. 
I was going to take NIP to Arnhem. Arnhem is the largest per capita acceptor of Bitcoin. So at, in 2017, you can go to Arnhem and you can do everything in Bitcoin. And I had already done it. Yeah. Hotel, gas, food, Burger King. You could buy all that in Bitcoin. So we were going to make a video like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, unfortunately, that wasn't, you know, able to happen with me not being there, you know. Yeah. Um, but I'm just so happy. Like the other cold part about Nip too, um, you know, and, and Black Sam is also a genius, right? And of course, of course, I remember Black like in, in, in the negotiation, and this part wasn't on the video, but with Black Sam, I'm like, hey, listen, you know, we don't want you guys to come on as just like an like uh, a representative ambassador. We want you guys to be owners, right? Mm-hmm. And we're willing to give you the ownership or you can buy into it, but the choice is yours. And Black Sam was like, man, what's the price on ownership? Because we want to have real ownership. Yep. And they got on the plane and they brought it in cash. Yeah. <laughs> like some real ones. Yeah. like Literally that. brought it in cash. So no, that's, that's how official they always moved. You know, like I knew Nip for a long time. I knew Black Sam for a long time. Spent a lot of time with them in the store, just, you know, traveling with them, traveling around the country, like, um, or traveling with Nip, at least not, not with Black Sam. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they always moved as official as you would want people to move you know what i'm saying like with all their actions all their activities it was always like a one you know like nip would do verses for people in different states people he didn't know but that you know if they would hit him up type thing so it was always just you know everything lined up with what he said he was on the record and who he was in person you know uh, it always matched up so yeah, hearing that story about crypto, it wasn't a surprise to me because I knew how genius he was, you know what I'm saying? And, and he is like, and when you have that, you could kind of understand how the world moves, you know? And I felt like he had that better than most people. Yo, Skills, I was convinced that Nipsey Hustle was a huge part of the reason why Bitcoin at that time went from 2,400 to 2,000. Like, for real. To 10,000, you mean? Because... He was the first entertainer. There were a lot of entertainers like, okay, 50 Cent did the album, uh, uh, Paris. There were all these entertainers. Floyd Mayweather was involved at the time. Mm-hmm. But Nipsey was the first person to articulate it. Right. What it meant. Yeah. Articulate uh, the future and what this cryptocurrency, digital currency thing is going to mean. And yeah. still there are one of the only that few. watch Nip <laughs> yeah. that don't, may not give him his credit, but like, Nip was like, man, I'm going to take this to Jay-Z. I'm going to take this to Diddy. Like, he was hype, man. He brought this to a lot of people, man. And we were to, we were able to educate a lot of people on, on crypto back in 2017. And I'm I'm proud of that. Like, Nip had me on the phone with Jada Kiss. I'm not trying to name drop, man. But, like, it was something else, man. And yeah. it was cold, too, because back then, like, I, I put a lot of things in my stories, like I do now about crypto. And, like, Nip would watch all my stories and then I'd see him in an interview and he mentioned something like, man, did he get that from my story? You know what I'm saying? Like, because my stories were like a CNN for crypto, like the news, but like that shit, it it blew my mind. (laughs) Yeah, nah, for sure, man. I think that connection is something that a lot of people didn't know or didn't understand. And sometimes it takes one of those like, you know, Tesla, Edison type of minds to really like explain something to the masses, you know? And I honestly I- believe though, there's something about like Nip's association with 
sixties and trust. I know, mm-hmm. I know it sounds crazy, but I feel like everybody just trusting it. Yeah. Like yeah. he say something like people respected it differently than Floyd Mayweather. They respected differently than these other celebrities. I felt like when people saw a nip in it, it like scared people. Like I need to be involved in it. Yeah. Well, so, well when I you mean, see somebody we, with we, that, I don't even talk about how much we raised. We raised a good amount in three yeah. months. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And a lot of that was nip. Right. But when you see somebody that like moves in that world and commands that type of respect in that world, you know, and is able to exceed at other worlds, they are going to garner that type of respect. It's kind of the same thing. I mean, not the same, but it's similar to an athlete who's successful in, in, in that world and then does it in business. So Magic Johnson or somebody like that, it's like you've already seen them dominate another world. Obviously, the right. culture is its own, you know, it has its own mystique to it. Um, and being in LA and b- being one of the, you know, biggest gangs ever, that's, you know, uh, right. it's, it says a lot when you're able to advance through the ranks of, of any field, but that, and then being great at rap and also, you know, having his independent mind, man. Um, yeah, he's just a special one of a kind, you know, type of individual. It's, it's, it's hard to make it here anyway. You know that. You know what I'm saying? As a hooper. Right. And and Mike and Chris know that as well. It's like making it in, in Los Angeles is it's a minefield in the first place. And so by the time you get to the top, you can see everything. You know what I'm saying? You didn't make it in no like this isn't Wichita. This isn't like uh any you know, some a small town or something where you don't you've you've cycled through a life cycle. Um 50 times by the time you're 25. What do you say? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what is that? The interstellar down here is like, yeah, it's like seven days. years for every hour yeah, in yeah, LA. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cause he said in the rhyme, he said, one wondering why niggas is 20 and got white hairs, you know, uh-huh. like that was part of his ethos. He understood like, Hey, yeah. Once I, once you make it to the top of this hill, you could see everything. And cryptocurrency was just one of the, things that was on the rise that you know his business mind allowed him to calculate like the other cold part too with nip like you know nip was really cool with gary v you know what i'm saying I, yeah, I, have yeah. a video, I have a video on my instagram right now with nip and gary v basically talking about the metaverse right talking about they're talking about like contact lenses where it's like tupac sitting in the room you know what i'm saying yeah. and you know gary v he, he 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 put together a group of people and told them about the nfts i was going to be cracking nip would have been a part of that man I feel like this man would have billions today, fam. You For know sure. what I'm saying? I agree, bro. The the would have billions today based on how of, early he was and how how intelligent he was. It, 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 it sad me to think of it because with Nip having billions, it wasn't just gonna be about him. He was gonna give it back to our neighborhood. You feel me? Yeah. And if he had it in crypto, it wouldn't be dug up. It wouldn't have to have Black Sam dig it up out of the backyard. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Sol- solves that problem immediately. Yeah, man. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, he would have been a, a staple in this market. Like, yeah, it yeah. I mean, the, had him on the, the show, hopefully. The of course the Crenshaw mixtape was the NFT. Oh yeah, really, that was one of the original concepts of what an NFT is. Yeah, exactly. Like, he gave it away for free as a mixtape, and yeah, if you wanted the physical token of having it, then you paid a hundred dollars. Yeah, <laughs> and it you know will hopefully and people paid. Yeah. Everyone paid. Everyone oh, wow. like every like I remember like people we were buying it just because 
Yeah. And it evolved to mailbox money doing it for a thousand dollars. And so who's to say it wouldn't have evolved to... Tang doing it for right. Uh, yeah. They, they sold their one album one. for millions to uh, Martin Shkreli, <laughs> but yeah, that he was one of the first ones to think in that way about product, you know what I'm saying? And the value of a product and what my audience is value, you know, and proud to pay all of that. Um, it fell in line. So yeah, the, the, the cryptocurrency ideology was already something that, you know, he was keen on. Um, and that's the thing is crypto is kind of an evolution of money, right? And it's giving money. Let me tell you, how, yeah, my bad, did I cut you off? No, nah, go ahead, bro. No, I, I, I could tell you, like, this is how big of a Nip fan I was, man. After the Crenshaw album, I went, uh, I made this big art piece. Um, I don't know if you've seen my art, Mike. You know what I mean? Mike's a cold artist. But um, I basically went to Home Depot and I got like this big piece of wood. I took $100, I cashed it out, I put it in ones and I made like a, what looked like a huge $1 bill. You know what I'm saying? And I painted Nipsey's face over it. I went to the marathon store like, yo, where's Nip at? I'm trying to give this to him. You know what I mean? And it was dope. I was able to give it to him before he passed, you know, but it was literally a hundred dollars. And it was like, this is me buying the Crenshaw mixtape. But that inspired a lot of people, man. Yeah. That Crenshaw mixtape. Like that was such a player move. And, you know, I remember, I think see, he got it from some book that he read that he put down the first chapter. Oh, you know, right. what book yeah, I'm yeah. About? And yeah, I don't I don't remember the title of it, but yeah, he did uh mention that he got that uh, concept from a book. Jonah Burger, what is that? Um, that's the author, Jonah Burger. Basically, somebody was on a hundred thousand no, a hundred dollar cheesesteak in Philly, and Oprah was buying all these people. He was like, Oh, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna sell a hundred dollars for the mixtape. And um was that's it, what this is. Is it contagious? Contagious, contagious by Jonah Burger. Why things catch on. Yeah. Code. I Code. That's why every joint head is. 0.1377 Ethereum because it's worth it. And, you know, in a year, it's going to be worth 10 Ethereum. <clears throat> Man, Chris, I right. was chilling, well, I mean, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Even to, like, the, the NFT point, and we were talking about NFTs last week and hedge funds, uh, you know, their kind of criteria of investing in NFTs is a lot different than, you know, just PFP art. But it's like, you're not just buying not just buying an album like you're buying into uh a ethos uh mission statement uh and intellectual property or you're buying into a technology so it's like Nipsey understands that like all the like really genius people understand like beyond face value of like whatever they're selling someone behind it is a lot more depth and content that you that the consumer is a part of. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Uh, that's what Nipsey represents, man. Like, it, like he he represents like that that freedom, that independence, that that courage. Fuck the middleman. Proud to pay. fuck the middleman. Fuck the middleman, man. That's what, the right. Middleman. The bank is the middleman. Yeah. They are. Yeah. Mailbox money. I want it straight to me. <laughs> that part yeah so no nah, that was you know man he has so many wise ways of, of moving through the world in the business sense and you know just a professional sense of intelligence blackness all of it like and it, was, it wasn't all perfect and i think that's 
what you know people should take too because I remember being in the studio when you were filming him for LA is my playground and he had all these plans on the whiteboard that those specific plans <laughs> yeah. didn't manifest, you know, yeah. in the form that, you know, he was communicating them, you yeah. know, like we're going video to the, it was like for a whole nother album. Yeah, it was like, for South Central State of Mind, which never came yeah. out. Yeah. So, but. <laughs> So like, yeah, no. Uh, as with any artist, right? Like he, he was also that. he speaks to that. Like, yeah. like my path hasn't. I'm not like perfect. I'm no. not. You know. Yeah, exactly. Right. And that's part of his appeal as well. Is that he? We saw a lot of the struggles in his, you know, come up and where he was. He wa he wasn't afraid to make a mistake though. And that's no, not at all. Like, not at all. So like, like, like Jay Skills, you notice like. I've tried to put a lot of athletes on, a lot of entertainers on with crypto and they're afraid of it, right? Yep. They wasn't afraid. And that's what I respected most. Like he was able to, he put his name behind crypto, yeah. you know? But like when he passed, man, I remember there were people in the crypto community, you know, he was a God, man. He was a crypto God, yep. you know? And whenever I get the opportunity to talk about it, I do, man, because it took a lot of courage to do what he did. He didn't know that Bitcoin, he got in, he didn't know it was going to go to 20,000 or right. he didn't know it was going to be, but he, he yeah. believed it. He believed, he didn't care about the price. He believed in what it stood for. You feel what I'm saying? Exactly. And that's what we should be like. Someone said something the other day that really resonated with me, right? Mm -hmm. If you could own a piece of Manhattan, right? Let's say we could own a piece of Manhattan. Will we care about the price of it on a daily or will we <laughs> just be trying to get as much of Manhattan as we could? Right. Accumulate oh. as much as we could. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I like so that. like instead of like looking at these like what I under what I could tell with Nip was he liked the fact like oh no banks oh so if you want to operate with money without banks this is how you could do it I fuck with that right you know what I'm saying there were principles about crypto he just fucked with and that is how I feel everybody should be with crypto like. Looking at the prices on the daily is going to stress you out. You're not going to have sleep. Well, and that's why that. yeah, I right. got this from Nolan Smith. Um, dollar cost average, man. $28 yeah. a day, $10,000 a year is one of the best ways to invest in crypto. You know what I'm saying? Because instead of having to worry about those price points every day, over time you win. You know what I'm saying? And um, yeah, I'm, I'm still trying to educate in this little moment, but um I just hate how it becomes so much about the price when it's really about right. the tech and what it stands for. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, man. That that yesterday's price is not today's price is like the staple of my my vocabulary in the last few months. Uh, and it's hard to you know forget about that when you're in the moment when it's our wallets. But I think also it's getting those calluses so you are used to it. Like a lot of these people aren't used to it. We're used to it. All four of us have seen our net worth go negative 80 percent and then go back up uh 200 you know in like a month and so we're hey man for that. the viewing art for the viewing audience between me skills <laughs> and chris yo we got like some real like 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 i'm talking like we've woken up and and, and it flipped six figures you know what i'm saying on some trading shit yeah and <laughs> win or lose i don't care the experience of that was fire yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, most... like, yo, skills, man, let's run this play. 
You know what I'm saying? And, and much rather wake up to another fifty thousand like that. <laughs> <laughs> I know what I'm saying. Y'all much rather had a bitch like Mike. That's why Jamal ain't letting me talk. I know you much rather have that Bitcoin right now, though. <laughs> nah, uh, you know what though? Nothing I'm could not be truer, Mike. Nothing could be truer. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not mad at it because you can't be one, mad we, at it, Jamal. You can't be mad at it. Yeah. I just said you much rather have that Bitcoin. Bitcoin. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's yeah. a fact. But you know, what I was thinking the other day, like real rap, right? If you're just like me, my mentality was always to, to, to save and accumulate for my kids, right? If I'm not using it, what does it really matter, right? So like, uh, I got into a situation like, I, we pay for our wedding with Bitcoin. You know what I mean? Uh, that's so, fine. We had one, one location that rained so hard in LA that week that they said, you can't have your wedding here. So we had to get a new wedding, a new wedding venue on the spot and banks was closed. And we were able to, to pay for the venue with Bitcoin. You know what I'm saying? It was like, man, should we cash out? I'm happy we did because the shit low-key went down after. But the whole point is, <laughs> let's talk about cashing out. We're, there needs to be cashing out. Right. You just uh, yeah, can't sit on this out. shit. Stable out, at least. Yeah, you got to stable out. Stable out. <laughs> explain <laughs> it. Explain it. Everybody don't know what that means. Explain it. You know, uh, we've uh, talked about stable coins on the podcast uh, a few times now, but uh, now we can just buy usdc coin that coin that everyone sees on coinbase is like oh it's a dollar and it's gonna yeah. keep going up probably because it's so cheap and they hit you up about it you know uh yeah. we can just cash out if you really want to cash out and you're afraid it's going to go down people just turn your bitcoin or ethereum or whatever shit coin you got into usd usdt or die these stable coins are going to stay to a dollar and then if you want to buy back you can buy back and if you want to cash out yeah. stable coins bro you can put them on your Coinbase card or your Crypto.com card and still use the USDC coin. It's safe. It's, you know, you're holding dollars. You don't have to leave the crypto system. Right. It's, it's not, it's the, it's the taxability factor. The tax, the, the governmental uh, tax that you would incur by transferring X amount of dollars into your bank account. And also the taxability factor of whatever the fee is when you convert from a coin into fiat and then have to uh put it in your bank put it in your bank so yeah. this prevents this saves you uh presumably a couple hundred or a couple thousand dollars uh probably a year depending on how much you, you're dealing with no that's, that's true yeah. yeah that's my hope too yeah. yeah but also yeah like we should be that's one thing jamal i'm glad you talked about is cashing out I think that's another thing we learned over the, especially with that. Yeah, one, yeah. One it takes years, motherfucking profits. Jesus take Christ. Profits. I and mean, I say it right now, and I'm not going to do it again. <laughs> I'm not going to do it, people, on one or two plays in the next month. And my thing is, like, I would have rather just spent the money on other shit. Let a fucking take a profit. Like, yeah, I would have rather just took the profit and, and went bought on a car. Yeah, bought a car, went on bought another new trip. Eyes. Look at my fucking glass. Like, I need new eyes. Went on bro. another trip, bought yeah. another painting, like did anything. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Anything. Hey, hey, I wish we was buying NFTs. I would, bro, that's what I really wish. I wish I could have took a profit and bought a crypto punk and then I would have just been fine. You know what I'm saying? But, like, but, but once again, <laughs> once again, skills, it ain't too late. And I don't want to be like, we can do it again. You know what I mean? And we will. It's still because, early. No, but it's not still early, but here's the thing, right? And this is the issue with like toxic positivity and like telling people that Santa is real because eventually you got to realize that you're Santa and you have to pay the bill. 
Like now we know that. So like the rest of the people don't know that yet. The ones who are early, who just got into this, don't know what the bill is yet. We've already paid the bill. So we have to take our knowledge and now build, you know what I'm saying? And build on our education and what we've learned. You know, right. this podcast is part of that, right? Like I took my pain and frustration and whatever, my lack of discipline and like realize, okay, I need to be disciplined in something that I actually do and related to crypto. And so right. whatever that is, we all have to do it. And that's going to be the fruit of our participation in this, you know, evolution. That's why right. I stopped trading and started building joy heads. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, Jordan heads and NFT. Right. So, yeah. So with that, this is, we build yeah, it. Uh, me and my niggas building episode yes. seven. Uh, it's been great. Uh, thank you, Jamal. Thanks, Chris and Mike. Our other Mike is in Hawaii. Hopefully he'll be back <laughs> next week. Hey, nah, this was a great show, bro. Yeah, this is a great you. show. Yeah, thank come you. back. Yeah. yeah. Pray, all praise to Neighborhood Nip Puzzle, man. Nip Puzzle the great. I think we know the title is. We man. know what the title is, right? I already know what the title is. I was thinking that like 30 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, man. Peace and love and respect to Nip Hustle the Great, man. One of the greatest people to ever live. The greatest person I ever met. Incredible guy. RIP, we love him forever. RIP. Man. Real rap. <laughs> <laughs>